Welcome to the Nole Family Podcast dedicated to Novak Djokovic, a tennis champion, philanthropist, humanitarian, and all-around good guy and role model, and also to the Nole family, the fans, legions of fans around the world who support Novak both on and off the court uh, and share his accomplishments across social media with all the other Nole family. Coming to you Monday, of course, just after the Wimbledon Championship, the one of the most epic matches in Wimbledon finals history, uh, certainly the longest match, the first time ever for the, in, the tiebreaker in the fifth set that was invoked this year, and they didn't have to use it in the men's side until the, the final match, the final against uh, Roger Federer with Novak Djokovic, of course, coming out victorious in five sets, winning tiebreakers in the first, third, and fifth sets. I just want to take a step back and say what an enjoyable time once again for the Nole family, those who have supported Novak through some difficult times in recent years, uh, of course, in 2017 and early 2018, fighting back from some off the off the court issues and also some injuries and trying to get his confidence back. Certainly that came back last year at Wimbledon. So it's kind of poetic that he comes back again here and defends his championship. Um, lots to digest. I'll have a more extended podcast in a couple of days uh, once I've had a chance to go back and rewatch the match and look through some of the numbers and specifics and break down this this match in some greater detail. But I just want to get a, some quick takes from the from the match, uh, kind of in the moment on Monday, just one day after the championship. Um, again, as I mentioned, four or five uh, championships, uh, the four or five Grand Slams, uh, starting with Wimbledon of last year. And, you know, I mentioned this a couple of years, a while back on the podcast, but I really felt like in when Novak won four or five previously, actually five of six, when he culminating in the French Open in 2016, that Novak really, it was an exhausting quest for him to get back to French, the French Open. A lot of stress for him to win that French Open because he knew that he really couldn't be considered in those greats of all time if he couldn't get all four uh, championships. And I think that took a lot out of him, the stress of losing to Favrinka in 2015 and fighting back that next year to get there in 2016. I think this time on this run that he is currently under, I think there's a lot less stress. He doesn't have that exhaustion issue that I think he had. He's certainly managing the number of matches he plays very well, understanding that it's all geared toward the Grand Slams. So I really felt like, you know, I said this last year, I really felt like there's a really an opportunity for him to extend this streak even longer than he did last time, which the streak again lasted five of six Grand Slams where over a year and a half. I think he has really a more extended opportunity to have a more extended period of dominance this time around. I think he's in a good place right now to continue this run, especially when you consider you have the hard court season coming up. He'll certainly be the favorite to win in the U.S. Open and likely in Australia as well with uh, all the champions, seven championships he has there. Uh, for for fans of either either player, obviously this was a difficult match to watch just because of the stress level. You know, the, just how close it was. What was at stake here? You know, it's always a a two match swing, a two Grand Slam swing. Whenever you know Novak plays either Rafael Nadal or Roger Federer, and it could have and obviously it could have ended up twenty one fifteen with Roger having a six Grand Slam lead. Instead, it's a four game swing. That is a four. Grand Slam differential, 20 to 16 now. So it puts Novak a lot closer to, to Roger in that overall race. Uh, and also just, I think, kind of the nature of tennis is such that, you know, these points can swing so quickly. I think if you look at that extended fifth set, for instance, you know, once you get to points like where it's like 30 all or 15, 30, there's so much riding. If it's 30 all and you the guy serving loses the point, then it's all of a sudden it could be match point or or break point there that could determine the match. If it's 30 all and you win that point, then you're you know you're one point from winning the game and on serve. So these matches can swing so quickly. The 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 nature of the match and, and the momentum of the match can swing on any given point. 
And so there's a lot of stress level. Novak did say after the match that it was the most taxing mentally of any match that he ever played, uh, citing the 2012 Australian Open as the most taxing physically where they had to rain delay, et cetera. But this was obviously so much at stake. And you can understand a lot of folks have mentioned that this wasn't the highest level of tennis we've ever seen from both Novak and Federer head-to-head or otherwise. But um, you can understand what was at stake, how stressed these guys must have been under these conditions, circumstances, even being as great and as experienced as they were. There was so much at stake here, uh, both for this year, this championship, and, and uh, of course, in the all-time race for the, the, the GOAT, so to speak. Um, you know, the thing that jumps out at you, of course, is just the mental toughness. Novak was down at some key points in this match. He, he saved a lot of break points and, and crucial uh, points in this match, but certainly the big comeback was when he was down, you know, 40-15 to Roger. Roger serving for the match in the fifth set. Uh, I believe it was at 8-7. Uh, and uh, winning those next two points to get back to deuce. Actually, the next four points to break serve and get back on serve after being broken himself. But, of course, there were shades of tw- U.S. Open 2010 and 2011 where, again, Novak faced a couple of break, uh, a couple of match points in each of those semifinals at the U.S. Open, this time being a final. And, of course, winning those two points and coming back. And I, th- I th- really think, again, I think there was some doubt that crept into to Roger's mind as well. Once he lost those two points to get back to Deuce, he knew the history and understood what how tough N- Novak was, and I think it was difficult for him. Credit, uh, credit Federer for staying on serve for the next, you know, four games or so after they went back to 8-8 eight, eight and getting to that tiebreaker. But And then, of course, the mental toughness in the in the tiebreakers. He certainly played better in the tiebreakers. A lot of a lot of folks have noted that there were 10, 11 unforced errors for Federer in the tiebreaks and zero for Novak. And don't look at that as just a, a matter of Federer tightening up. I think, you know, you look at the way Novak played in those in those tiebreakers, he really stepped up his level of play. In two two ways in particular, I think number one, a lot more pace on the the shots he hit, and on the the return of serves to really give Roger less time to react and make decisions, and also I think that just the precision of his points. I think Novak didn't really go for as many corners as he usually does. He's usually really good at running guys side to side, and getting them you know dictating the point. Now a lot of that had to do with Roger the way he played, but. I think in the tiebreakers, Novak really went for some more pace and also hitting some more spots, some more baselines and some corners and really getting, again, Roger on the move and dictating points better. So Novak really forced uh, forced Federer to try to take some chances and he wasn't up to the task in those tiebreaks. Um, again, you look at not only the coming back from 40-15 with, the, with the, the championship points, of course, but also saving some break points. There was a key uh, key point in the match as well when it was 11-all that you know, if, if if Novak doesn't hold there, then he gets, you know, it may not go to a tie break in the fifth. He could have lost at 13-11, but he was up 40-love in that game. Then uh, Roger won four straight points. Um, and even got you know got some help from some close calls, some some challenges that that Federer won. In two occasions, he challenged points, won, and set up break points, and and um, Novak was able to f- hold all those break points and get it to 12-11, and eventually to a tie break. So, not just the game where he came back from, you know, from down a break and break serve of 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 Roger, but also holding those break points at key times in the match. Um, in terms of that, the, you know, of course, the, the old the race for the greatest of all time, or the goat, goat debate, as we say in, in tennis and other sports, 
Um, it's hard to, to, it's really hard now to continue to ignore so, so many things that Novak has accomplished relative to Federer um, and really to, to, to start to question whether Federer really is the greatest of all time. I mean, you look at Federer now 10 and 20 against Djokovic and Nadal in Grand Slams head to head and 4 and 10 in Grand Slam finals against those two guys. Of course, Novak is 4 and 1 against Roger in, in Grand Slam finals. Um, he's got a losing record, of course, to both of these guys head-to-head, and Novak gave himself a little bit of distance, now 26-22, and 22, I believe, a four-match a four match, uh, differential in the head-to-head, and Novak's certainly on a run in, in terms of, I think he's won now 19 of the last 26, uh, uh, 26 I believe, head-to-head. So, um, you know, he gave in his post-match uh, press conference a little bit of a hint of the inevitable. I think that uh, certainly, you know, when he was asked about, you know, the the, that Grand Slam record, the 20 overall, whether, you know, whether is it really important to him? And, you know, does he, does he think Novak or somebody else will catch him? And he said, you know, well, not sure. He said it used to be more important to me back when, but I, but I, but I broke the record. I had the record. Somebody will break it sometime. And I think he sort of was hinting at the fact that he really understands now it may be almost inevitable that Novak or Rafa or both will get to that record. And uh, I think he's kind of setting the stage for saying, well, I held the record, you know, so it, at one point it will be broken, whether it's one of these two guys. But I think he kind of believes it might be inevitable. Um, Novak has been on an incredible run, too, in Grand Slam finals. You look at at one point in his career, he was six and seven, I believe. And now he has won 10 of the last 12 Grand Slam finals that he's played in. O- only those two losses to Stan Wawrinka um, out of those 12 last, last 12 matches. So that gives him a very impressive record now of uh, 16 and 9 Grand Slam finals. Um, and again, fourth, four or five Grand Slams for the second time in his career. Of course, in 2015 and 2016, it ended up being five of the last six. But again, his Grand Slam record since 2010 is, is fantastic. And really, you look at Roger in the era of Nadal and and uh, and and Djokovic as top-notch players, you know, world-class number one players. Um, you know, he had 16 Grand Slams after the 2010 season and only has four since, um, really only one in that period between 2011 and 2017, and then getting those extra three when, when Novak was kind of sidelined for a while. But, you know, the evidence starts to pile up, the, just the level of competition Novak has had to play, and now having 16 Grand Slams, 3-0 uh, and now at, at Wimbledon, and of course, you know, Roger being known as the great greatest grass court player of all time, a Wimbledon winning eight Wimbledons. Uh, you look, at, though, at Novak being 3-0, perfect against him in Grand Slam finals at Wimbledon. Uh, hard to make the case, you know, convincingly nowadays that, that Roger, that you can't at least put Novak and Nadal side by side with Roger, if not surpassing him. And again, these, there's still a lot, of, a lot of tennis to be played and a lot of years left on these guys' careers, but um, especially the way Federer's played and Novak's played and Nadal's played in terms of their physical conditioning, even at their advanced age. And, you know, the inability so far, at least for these young next-gen guys to step up to the plate. So that's kind of a quick recap and some quick takes. Again, thanks to the Nole family. It's been a pleasure to see so much information on, especially on Twitter, all the followers um, sharing the information, the articles, the pictures, the photos, uh, the moments you've spent with him on the you know, court side, etc. Uh, it's really a joy to be connected to all of you across the world, um, those fans who really love not just what he does on the court, but, of course, the person that he is, the human that he is, and uh, feel great for him for, for, for all of his hard work paying off and uh, and achieving such great heights on the court.
again, I'll have I'll be back in the next couple of days with some extended um, analysis of the match itself and some of the specifics, the statistics, and also some of the key points of the match. But uh, until then, keep sharing that information. Uh, Nolan Family will be back soon.